I think the one thing about working in the field of mental health that is that has really um, helped me as a social worker to grow is that is the fact that I'm I'm able to understand human behavior a lot better. And I think often social workers out in the field don't necessarily have that knowledge base. And I think often social workers become reactive. So when the cases get when they get a case on the table and says, "Oh, the child." Um, is at risk of this or that. And the social worker sees the risk, he sees the specific um, danger, and he just responds to that, basically. I think that working in the field of mental health helps you to be able to actually go out there and make a full clinical assessment at the end of the day, looking at all the role players, looking at all the factors contributing to a particular situation, and being able also to realize that in the field of social work, we don't always know what's best for our clients. Um, and we need to sometimes listen to what the clients want from us, really. And we need to t- sometimes first try that route, rather than us coming in, taking control, and, and just uh, um, enforcing our own uh, um, judgments on our clients. In the field of mental health, there's a sense of feeling that once you have a psychiatric illness, you basically sort of scarred for life. You cannot function optimally. And our role, really, as, as social workers um, in the field of mental health, really, is to, to really embrace um, aspects around self-determination at the end of the day and also being able to, to also look at um, practicing um, non-oppressive social workers. I think in South Africa we have a history of that. Um, irrespective of, of race or culture, I think just being psychiatrically ill really leaves you vulnerable to being... Um, a victim of oppression again. So for us, it's, it's crucial at the end of the day to really um, look at how do we incorporate that into our work as such. Um, as, as public servants, and by that I mean we're, we're, a, we're a state-owned facility, so we're obviously um, also bound in our work by the public service code of good conduct and practice, and then we also have our social work ethics, which guides us in terms of professional behavior. I, I still find myself sitting in a ward round or in, in any other clinical meeting where um, a patient is discussed on, on medical grounds um, but also on racial grounds um, and we, we team members still try to sort of treat the patient based on, on the race basically um, and feel that because of this racial grouping you know we need to do this or that differently. It's difficult to give a specific example because I think it is not the kind of thing that is that is very overt in our in the way that we work. But as social workers, you you often um, need to be quite attuned to this possibility. What I can say is that we've had an incident in our unit where a patient of a particular um, racial orientation was admitted into the unit. And it was felt that this patient um, needed a specific type of medication because he had a, a good prognosis, he'd been in school, etc. And for me, basically, I, I sat in the ward around and it just didn't make sense to me. You know, now I'm not a doctor and I don't um, profess to be one either, but I needed to question what makes this patient different because I couldn't see what was different between him and many of the other patients in the ward who was not getting that particular medication. And this uh, sort of probing then led to us as a team then deciding maybe we need to review all the patients then 
in the ward and try and determine who actually would benefit from this type of medication, which would obviously have less side effects, which would be able to ensure that the patient could return to um, to mainstream schooling. So those are the kind of things that you need to to speak up about. And we try, I think we do it in a, in a non-sort of um, confrontational manner. At the end of the day, we don't always get success in, in this way. But we, we just need to make people aware sometimes that your way of thinking might not be appropriate anymore. The social work department sets a very high standard. So we, we really put a lot of effort into our work. And you really feel good at the end of the day. We have very good support systems within our department as well for staff. And I think just being able to to move between service areas provides you with new challenges all of the time. And also working as part of a multidisciplinary team, your own personal skills in terms of becoming more assertive, um, in terms of your communications, because all of those things actually do um, do get developed very well and do get tested all of the time as well. So it really is a good place for the social worker to, to develop. And also for me, what was very fortunate for me in Atlanta here was, was career pathing opportunities. Um, so that was one of the reasons why I stayed really. I was able to move through the system fairly quickly. And then you do feel that you're being somehow um, acknowledged for the, for the work that you do. And, and that helps you to stay and that keeps you motivated at the end of the day. Often within the health service, the service is predominantly focused on medication and, and the medical way of doing things really. And as social workers in especially the field of mental health, we, we need to constantly make our team members aware of the psychosocial factors that contribute towards the person becoming ill. For example, we would have a client at, admitted into a unit who is psychiatrically ill, but the client may have had an, a, an acute stressor prior to the onset of the symptoms. And often it is the social worker in the unit who needs to actually get that kind of collateral from the family to be able to assist the team in realizing that this patient doesn't just need to be getting medication. This patient might need to be getting some trauma debriefing, some trauma counseling, etc. And that would ultimately help the patient to be able to recover quicker. So it's not just about giving the patient a tablet and, and looking at those aspects of the patient. And I think it's not necessarily a problem within the field of, of health, but I think it just um, it makes our work a bit harder, I think, because we constantly have to to feel as if you need to sort of put up your hand and say, okay, now I need to say something here now. I need to come in. We must focus on this, etc. So you constantly feel as if you're fighting for the patient's rights, really. Um, and, yeah, I'm hoping one day in, in South Africa we won't need to feel as if we're fighting. We'll feel as if it's just part of the norm. You know, it's not, it's not like something that is out of the ordinary. The field of mental health as it pertains to adolescence is not receiving enough attention within the spectrum of welfare services, with the result that adolescents with a psychiatric illness are not really being able to optimally utilize resources. And I think that what what we need to be doing um, as Lentegi Hospital, because we're the only psychiatric hospital within this province providing a mental health service to adolescents who are psychiatrically ill, is that we are going to have to start lobbying and ensuring that our adolescents actually 
get access to resources and also looking at how we can develop more appropriate resources for these adolescents. For psychiatric illness, really the onset age is normally in the in the late teens and normally in the past um, when, when a person became psychiatrically ill for the first time, that person did not necessarily require um, so much medical intervention and, and over such a long period of time. But I think what we have now is a situation where the onset age has decreased to the extent where we get 13-year-olds coming into our unit who are extremely and severely ill. And this is primarily because of psychosocial stresses and because of drug usage. So we are going to have to become more visible in terms of the service that we provide. We're going to have to look at how do we destigmatize and also desensitize our communities around adolescents with psychiatric illnesses and also looking at family work. I think that in South Africa, our families have become so disintegrated by having to cope with psychosocial stresses um, that when they, when they sit with a psychiatric condition, they just often go into a state of denial around it. And if we're in denial around a psychiatric illness, it means we're not managing it. And if we're not managing it, it simply means that there would be relapses then. So we, we have a lot of work that needs to be done, basically. Um, in South Africa, and particularly as as Lentegia Hospital as well.